We meet today in Psalm chapter 16 and Psalm chapter 17. Psalm chapter 16 begins to talk of the resurrection of the Messiah. Psalm 16 through to Psalm 24 form another segment that belongs together. In our songbooks today, songs of like themes are usually grouped together as follows. Maybe songs of praise, songs of repentance, songs concerning the church, songs of Easter, songs of Christmas. They are all in certain sections of the songbooks. Well, this is how the Psalms are arranged even in this songbook. The theme of these nine Psalms is prophecy of Christ blended with the prophecy of the faithful remnant of Israel. Psalm 16 gives us the song of the resurrection. This is the third messianic psalm. It touches on the life of Jesus Christ, as verse 8 shows. The death of Jesus Christ, verse 9. Then the resurrection of Christ, verse 10. The ascension of Christ is alluded to in verse 11. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is quoted from this psalm in the New Testament in three different places. Psalm chapter 16 is called a Michtam of David. The word Michtam is actually of uncertain origin. Martin Luther translated it as golden jewel, which gives a close meaning to what must have been meant. Psalm 56 all the way to Psalm 60, are also called Michtam Psalms. The messianic meaning of this psalm is fully established by the testimony of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, as we will see later. Now let us call this psalm the golden jewel of David, because he is looking forward to the one coming in his line, the one of whom he would say, this is all my salvation. Psalm 16, verse 1. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Now this reveals the wonderful voice of the Lord Jesus Christ when he said he had come to the Father, he had come to do the will of the Father, and had committed himself completely to the Father. That is revealed in John 5, verse 30. Christ purposefully took a place of subjection on the earth when he took upon himself our humanity. Little men and all of us are pretty little. We become proud and we try to lift ourselves up, but Christ humbled himself. We have men in high places today. We think of politicians, statesmen, men of science, educators, and ministers who almost take the place of God. Yet the God himself took our place of humiliation. But actually, even when we try to raise ourselves, we are pretty small potatoes here on the earth. We don't amount to so much. We are created lower than the angels, even as Hebrews 2 verse 6 to 7 would say. I have to take that position, but Christ did not have to take it, you see. He willingly became man, and I'm glad that I am a man, but I'm, I also need to recognize what man really is, and I rejoice in what God is going to do for me. 
and also what he is going to do with me and to all those who believe in him. The psalmist says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. What a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a picture of David, and I trust it is also a picture of you and me. Psalm 16, verse 2. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, You are my God. My goodness is nothing apart from you. Friend, we have a heavenly Father who made us in his image, and I'm of the opinion that he likes us to come to him and tell him, You are my God. Have you told him that lately, that you are my God? Don't be like the proud people spoken of in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 to 23. Jesus says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practiced lawlessness. You see, these people called him Lord, yet they did not even know him. When I call him Lord, I want to mean it. Not only to say it with my mouth, is he your Lord? Psalm 16 verse 3 As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. You see, he is the Lord to his saints on the earth. This privilege does not extend to everybody, by the way, as the next verse will show. Psalm 16 verse 4 their sorrows shall be multiplied, who hasten after another god. Their drink offering of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. You see, their sorrows shall be multiplied, who hasten after another. You can even notice that there is the word God, and that word God in many translations is put in italics because the word was supplied by the translators. You see, it means that they hasten after another whom they think is God. But the saints on the earth, they are excellent and they delight in the Lord. Calling God, God, not pursuing after another God. Psalm 16, verse 5 to 6. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. How wonderful. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance. The Lord came to the earth and took his place. You see, walking in a world of sin and sorrow, he was a perfect stranger down here on earth. Yet he rejoiced in Jehovah his God. There was peace and joy in his life. My portion and my cup. What is the difference between a portion and a cup? Well, my portion is what belonged to me. Whether or not I enjoy it, my portion is mine. My cup is what I actually appropriate and make my own. For example, what is put on my son's plate at the dinner table is his portion. But frankly, he scatters it around and does not eat all of it. He only appropriates so much. 
He has a portion given to him, but his cup is what he actually consumes. Yes, God has given us so much on our portion, but what is it that you actually take for yourself? Many people in the world have been blessed by God with all the spiritual blessings, yet they do not enjoy all of those blessings. Their cups do not run over. You see, they don't have much in their cups. God wants us to enjoy life. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. John 10 verse 10. He also said, These things I have spoken to you, that may joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. John 15 verse 11. Some of us have a little funny sometimes, but not all the time, you see. We need to be full of life and joy all the times, not just having fun uh, for a brief moment. The God's intention for us is to have life in its fullness. So that is part of our cup. Psalm 16 verse 7. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. Now what do you think about a night when you cannot sleep? The psalmist thought about the Lord. When he lied there in bed awoke, yes, he thought about the Lord. Now we come to the verses that are quoted in the New Testament. Here is Psalm 16, verse 8 to verse 10. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in shield, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. This is why we call this psalm a resurrection psalm. It is a psalm of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This was the heart of Peter's message on the day of Pentecost. We read in the book of Acts, he says, For David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow the Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on the throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Peter was making reference to this psalm as he spoke in Acts chapter 2, verse 25 to verse 31. 
You see, Peter said clearly that Psalm 16 spoke of the resurrection of Christ. And when he preached on the day of Pentecost, several thousands of people turned to Christ and they were saved, which brought about a revolution in the rest of the Roman Empire. And again, as Peter even said, that David, when he spoke, he was not speaking of himself, for he died, and we still have his tomb with us. I must say, by God's grace, I was privileged to even be able to go and see David's tomb there in Bethlehem, there in Jerusalem. Peter also said, more on that day, the day of Pentecost, this Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says, The Lord said to my God, Sit at my right hand, till I make my enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Acts 2 verse 32 to 36. Obviously, Psalm 16 refers to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul also quoted from this psalm in Acts 13, verse 35 to 37, where he says, Therefore, he also says in another psalm, You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. For David, after he had saved his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up, so no corruption. You see, Paul also said it was the psalm of Jesus' resurrection, making reference to Psalm 16. What we have in this psalm is quite remarkable. And in verse 8, we have the life of Christ. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, and I shall not be moved. That, my friend, was the pathway that he followed down here to the earth, and it is the pathway that I want to follow. Then in verse 9, we have the death of Christ. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. You see, Jesus died here upon the earth, knowing that God would raise him up from the dead. Then we have the resurrection of Christ in verse 10. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, that is the grave, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Then we have the ascension of Jesus Christ coming in verse 11 of Psalm 16. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, as you can see, this is a wonderful resurrection psalm, and it is so used in the New Testament. The resurrection of Christ is definitely prophesied in this great messianic psalm, talking about, you will show me the path of life. 
and Jesus was raised. And in your presence, he comes right into the presence of God. There is fullness of joy. And at the Father's right hand are pleasures forevermore. Once he has been taken out of that body, and he is at the right hand of the Father. Psalm chapter 11 talks of a prayer of David when he was in great danger. And you see, this psalm is entitled a psalm of David. The question is, when was it written? Well, it seems to be a prayer that came out of his wilderness experience. It probably concerns the time when Saul and his men were almost upon him and came so close to taking his life. This psalm reveals David's trust in God, but in the final analysis, it speaks primarily of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this psalm can also be a prayer for us today when we find our lives and ourselves in similar situations of trial, anxiety, or danger. As we study this psalm, I invite you, my friend, to keep in mind that we are in a new series that speaks of Christ in prophecy. After all, this is a hymn book, H-I-M. It is all about him. Psalm 17 verse 1. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. This is a prayer of David, probably, when he is being pursued by Saul, and his life is in danger. This prayer comes from his heart, and he says what he is really thinking about. There will be no put on, really, in it. He is not going to speak with feigned lips. In other words, there will be no insincerity in what he is saying. He speaks sincerely how he feels. Psalm 17, verse 2. Let my vindication come from your presence. Let your eyes look on the things that are upright. You see, David is willing for the Lord to balance things off. Let your eyes look on the things that are upright. I don't know about you, but I am not asking for justice from God. I'm asking for mercy. What most of us need from him is his mercy. Psalm 17 verse 3. You have tested my heart. You have visited me in the night. You have tried me and I have found nothing. I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Now, it is interesting to note that when God tested David, he did find something. And even when he tests me, he also finds something. You see? Now, I have a notion that he tests you as well. And when he tests you, he finds something. These words must first of all be applied first to Christ. When the psalmist speaks in verse 1 of the prayer that did not go out of feigned lips, it is a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter says of the Lord, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. You see, Jesus Christ is the only person who is qualified to have not uttered words from feigned lips, unlike me, unlike you. And when the Lord tests us, he finds something. Peter goes on to say about the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 23. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, 
did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Psalm 17 verse 4 Concerning the works of men, by the word of the, your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. You see, the destroyer is none other than Satan himself. Because of his presence in the world, every child of God should be alert. David was in enemy territory, you see, and he was aware of that when he was hiding from Saul. And we are in enemy territory here on the earth. Satan is actually looking for us. To the church in Pergamos, the Lord Jesus said, I know your works, and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. That is a description of this earth, my friend. Our Lord didn't fall into Satan's trap, as we often do. Psalm 17, verse 5 to verse 6. Uphold my steps in your paths, that my footsteps may not sleep. I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to hear me, and hear my speech. David knew he was head. The Lord Jesus Christ identified himself with his own. When he prayed, God heard him. We can be sure of that, my friend, that he hears and answers our prayers when we are in trouble. Psalm 17, verse 7 to verse 8. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand, O you who save those who trust in you from those who rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Consolation there. You see, years before God had used a similar expression when he said to Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Exodus 19 verse 4. Now this is the same picture we have here. We are placed in the shadow of his wings. Years later the Lord Jesus said of Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Matthew 23 verse 37 now notice it is under her wings. This is also the picture David is giving us here. We are gathered under the wings of the Lord. Psalm 17, verse 8 to verse 15 says, From the wicked who oppress me, from my deadly enemies who surround me, they have closed up their flat hearts. With their mouths they speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in your steps. They have set their eyes crouching down to the earth, as a lion is eager to tear his prey. And like a young lion lurking in secret places, arise, O Lord, confront him, cast him down, deliver my life from the wicked with your sword, with your hand from men, O Lord, from men of the world who have their portion in this life, and whose belly you fill with your hidden treasure. They are satisfied with children and leave the rest of their possessions for their babes. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. You see here, David is crying out to God. 
He knew that God had heard his prayer. Here is David hiding in a cave and he calls out to God to deliver him. You see, David knew that God is going to deliver him and that one day he will be in his presence. At the moment, however, the enemy seems to be so strong and powerful. We have a recourse and a resource by coming to our heavenly father. This is what our Lord Jesus did when he was on earth. And so did David when he was in real danger. What a psalm to help those who are in trouble today, especially when we find we have enemies who are against us at every turn of the road. Most of us who stand for God have enemies. We have enemies just like a dog has fleas. They seem to be a part of the Christian life. But we go to our only recourse and our only resource. God our help in time of need. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org